Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello and uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome in to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Bill here in the studio. Dan will be uh, joining in. He may check in before he goes over and watches some football practice. Got a lot of different things going on today. Obviously, it's Halloween. We'll we'll, we'll talk a little about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm sure we can squeeze in some scary things in and around, in and around sports as well. But uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a viewing window for football. Uh, I headed over to the arena. Was going to check out a little basketball practice. Didn't see anybody, and decided. Well, I was going to. I'd go ahead and get everything set for the little trick or treaters that are coming this evening. Uh, look, I, I heard Jacob saying, "Yeah, he doesn't get into Halloween that much anymore." I, I, I like it. It's fun. And now I've got a, I've got a grandchild. She's not, she's not old enough to really appreciate this, and I don't want to scare her too much. But I've got some things. I've got some uh, collected some things over the last couple of years, and I've got them. I've got them all set up. And the thing is, I had I was trying to get things set set up uh, because more than one. Oh, I've got multiple things that are little animatronics and that are either sound or motion activated. And the problem is trying to get them all ready. For the first trick-or-treater who may be there before I get home. Man, I mean, I was like setting off a chain reaction of landmines or something because I'd set one, I'd quietly move to the other one. But when you turn one of them on, they usually come on and make whatever noise they're going to make, and then that triggered the other one, which would trigger. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was crazy. There were people in my neighborhood wondering, you know, who's getting killed in my front yard? Or something. So, uh, but yeah, I, I have a lot of fun with it. Looking, looking forward to the, uh, to the little, uh, little trick or treaters this evening. Be careful if you're out and about this evening. Just keep that in mind. There, there will be some, and I, I, I hope they all, you know, have uh, some, uh, some supervision. I hope they've got some uh, reflective gear. If you know, especially if they're in groups and things like that. So just take care. Uh, when when the uh, trick or treating gets started, I believe it's six to eight this evening on a cool, cool Tuesday. I told you yesterday it's going to be cooler. I think it I think it hit the sixties today, the low sixties, but there's been a breeze. Going to be down around freezing tonight. Now that's not going to be until near sunrise, but it's still going to be pretty darn chilly this evening. So uh, so yeah, it is the Tuesday drive. Dan is over. Uh, is either at the complex or headed to the complex to uh, check out a little football practice. There was basketball practice today, a week away from Auburn Baylor out in South Dakota. And just tomorrow, tomorrow is the exhibition game against AUM. So we've got that 
uh, going on tomorrow. Tonight, it's the first of the um, BCS rankings tonight. And again, boy, they can change a lot from the first rankings until the uh, until the final four are announced. But it's always interesting. So that's coming up tonight. Also tonight, game four of the World Series. And, and last night, I mean, boy, the last two I haven't had figured at all. I mean, the Diamondbacks just route the Rangers in game two. Last night, we talked about it a little yesterday. Max Scherzer uh, against Brandon Fott. And uh, Scherzer, you know, really not looking like he had his best stuff at the start of the ball game, but gutted through a couple of innings, then took a uh, a one hopper off his elbow and and backside that turned into an unbelievable play to get him out of a jam, uh, and then the uh, the Rangers uh, push across three Corey Seager with a two run homer to make it a three nothing ball game, and they hang on and win it three to one. I mean some unbelievable defense. Last night for the Rangers, they take a 2-1 lead. And uh, game four is on tap tonight, I believe, bullpen matchups. It's going to be a bullpen game for both teams. So so that's going on tonight as well. We'd love to hear from you. If you didn't get a chance to get in yesterday and give your thoughts on the Auburn win over Mississippi State or anything you want to talk about sports-wise, love for you to join in. Auburn, of course, getting ready to travel to Nashville to take on Vandy this Saturday uh, in Vanderbilt Stadium, which is being, uh, which is under construction and has a capacity of 28.5 right now. But I don't believe that many uh, are going to be allowed in if that many try to get in. Uh, looking for a, a crowd of crowd of around 25,000. And yes, we talked about it a little yesterday. Folks have looked up been able to see the last time Auburn played in front of a crowd that small. But what we were trying to figure was when when, when did they play in, in a venue that held less than 30,000? Um, so, I'm you know, we never did come up with the answer to that. All right, uh, again, oh, don't forget, let's see, we've got, a, it's a special, as always, Tuesday, Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, well, Friday, but... He'll be back in his regular spot this afternoon at around 5.30. As I mentioned, uh, Dan trick-or-treating over at the Complex today. Got any goodies over there, Dan? No, I'm getting doors slammed in my face when I ask for candy, as per usual, Bill, as per usual. Uh, but, no, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Windows are always fun. Appreciate the access uh, we've, been, uh, we've been given all season. And, uh, and, yeah, curious to see at a couple of spots, receiver, um, defensive line, you know, what the rotations look like uh, and, and, and you know, how can this offense build on uh, the progress they showed against Mississippi State? Yeah, it, it'll also be interesting. One of the things that Hugh Freeze said yesterday when, uh, when he was talking about the offensive line, some of the guys beat up. He said, uh, today may be a good day to give Cam Stutz and, and uh, maybe even Gunnar Britton the day off just to try to get them healthy and preserve them, hope that they're um, that could help them be available for the for the uh, rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about uh, fifth and sixth year uh, college football players, you know, it's a lot of wear and tear on the legs, and and yeah, may, maybe guys like 
Cam and Gunner can prepare for Saturday without being super involved in the practice today. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely something. You know, I, I would wonder after after all the action Dylan Wade saw uh, this past Saturday, if Auburn might want to take it easy with him at practice today. Yeah, consider. Yeah, we, we found out yesterday. I guess he was the only offensive lineman that uh, he and Connor Lou, I guess, played every snap, right? Right, and Connor Lou. I mean, you figure the reps will do him good because he's still new to college football. Dylan Wade, you know, I feel like you could lump him in with some of the other veterans. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. So it'll be interesting. You would think this weather combined with the fact that Auburn's coming off a win, uh, I would think it would be a pretty uh, uh, pretty spirited practice today. Everybody will feel like getting out there and, and moving around pretty well. Yeah, I mean, anyone uh, anyone you're looking for, like, an injury update on? I mean, I'm thinking about it. And, I don't I mean, know. He said, I, he said I, Tutal and Marcus were both feeling good. Yeah, and it seemed like just about everybody else was healthy. I mean, it was great to see Damari out there Saturday, and uh, he took a couple of shots. Didn't look like he was any worse to wear that, for that. Doesn't seem like there's any restriction on Austin Keys. No. And how they've, and how they've used him since he came back. So, yeah, I mean, the team's in a – Health-wise, the team's in a pretty good place right now. Oh, about as good as you could expect heading into week nine and game eight. Uh, excuse me, week ten and game nine of the season. Yeah, I think Auburn's in, in excellent shape. Um, you know, much better than a lot of teams. Vandy's, you know, who's going to play quarterback for Vandy this week? Yep. They've got a, they've got some injuries they're dealing with, no question. And, and you know, for Vanderbilt, seeing seeing Auburn put it together against Mississippi State, after struggling in their first few conference games, that's not a good sign for Vanderbilt because they're more comparable to a Mississippi State talent-wise than mm-hmm. they are to any of Auburn's other conference opponents. The game's not at home, but it still could be a uh, could be a tough one for Vanderbilt matchup-wise. Oh yeah, and, and uh, Hugh Freeze mentioned it yesterday. Look at their last five games: uh, Kentucky, Missouri, at Florida, Georgia and at Ole Miss leading to this Auburn game. They didn't get an open date in between Georgia and Ole Miss, but, you know, they're on that five-game losing streak and getting banged up, and now they've got Auburn coming in. Yeah, and and maybe earlier in the season, Auburn felt like an opportunity for Vanderbilt, but now Auburn having, uh, having played competitively against Ole Miss for much of the game and then, and then taking a big lead early against Mississippi State and cruising to victory for Vanderbilt, you know, you got to think, this is an Auburn team that's another team that seemingly comes in with, uh, you know, with, with more firepower at key spots than Vanderbilt has. Yeah, so uh, uh, your, your viewing window coming up in a few minutes. Before you go, I was going to toss out there, since, since it is Halloween and you're the movie guy, what is, what is your favorite scary movie? I don't want so, hor- so- to say horror movie. I want to say scary movie. You know, um, Ferguson asked me for, I guess in the the most recent mailbag, somebody wanted my top five uh, horror movies ever. And I gave him, I'm trying to remember the answers I gave him, but I had, I had Alien, I had The Exorcist, I had the original uh, 1968 Night of the Living Dead. Um, Black and White? What was that? The Black and White. Not a little yes. dead. Yeah, okay. the, the the Romero, the original Romero uh-huh. one, right? right? With the you know where a lot of it's a lot of the truly scary stuff's happening off screen. 
Um, I would throw The Shining in there, Kubrick, uh, and you know that that's that's probably right. That's 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 about of, of everything I could remember. I think the oh Scream. Uh, I put ninety seven Scream in there. Like that. That's Scream. Scream that's yeah, another one. That's, that's a good one. That's a good. Scream's one. a lot of fun, isn't it? And it's like oh, yeah. you know a wink and a nod to a lot of the stuff. But but yeah, I'd say like Exorcist, Alien, uh, Shining. Uh, can't can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with any of those. Yeah. See, I, I I'm. Even though you go back and you've got you've got some from from way back, there are a couple that I saw in the theater when they were when they were brand new. That oh. uh, you know these days there's not as much gore maybe as as uh, there there aren't a lot of movies. But did you uh, did you see did you see Alien in theater the original? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know? Did you no, know? No, I did what not. Was happen? No, I didn't. But <laughs> I was. But you know what? I felt it. It reminded me. See now, a friend of mine and I. Um, friend of mine and I went to Pensacola and saw Carrie and had no idea what was about to happen there at the end. All and, right. And, and he reflex, I guess reflex grabbed my arm when her arm came up there at the end. And so, you went, and you went 10 yeah, feet in the air probably, yeah. Bill. So that, that's, that's, that's gotta I, be one of mine just because I, of the, the effects that, that we had there. You know, and another one that's not, it's not gory at all, but a five-star movie I went back and watched recently is The Sixth Sense. Is oh, yeah. just, it's, yeah. oh, it's sensational, isn't it? Like, and, and if you don't know what's going to happen, that's another No, you're one right. That's a, that's a, that that's a, like love, a ton of bricks. I, I love that kind of ending, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no. So that that's another perfect for Halloween. Wonderful, and a one of the great performances ever by a child actor. Oh in yes. the Sixth Sense, Haley Joel Osment mm-hmm. is that's a that's a Grand Slam home run performance. Oh yeah. All right, Dan. Enjoy the uh, viewing window. Uh, we'll we'll see you afterwards here in the uh, studio. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. All right, Andy Bertram about to join me here in the studio. Dan, about to go ahead. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Happy Halloween, everyone. Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, Hello. joining us here in the studios in the studio. How how much did you or do you enjoy Halloween? I enjoy I enjoy Halloween because of the time of the year that it is. Oh, absolutely. Because it's I mean, listen, it's, it, it feels, feels like, yeah, it feels like fall it. today. And, and that leads to Thanksgiving and then that leads to Christmas. Right. Okay. So, so it's, 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 it's I love and, I love seeing little kids. Yeah. I mean, I mean the little kids that are that are really you like to scare the little kids, Bill. No, no, no. I like to scare the it's, older it's kids. It's different at my. house. I like to scare the older kids. It's different at my house. We're there with the candy, period. Oh, we've got the candy. Yeah, I know. But you're you're like you're like modern you're like Modern Family. You're like Claire on Modern Family, <laughs> with your house. That's what I was thinking when I was. Driving I don't have here. it. It's not quite that elaborate. <laughs> okay, well, but I mean, I do like I do like things that go boop. You know that, that yes, you make, do. make you jump a little bit. Uh, but uh, but I, you know what what I, I try not to no. When if I see a group of little kids coming up, no, I'm I'm not gonna jump out at them. You're, you're tempted. Be uh, be honest. You're tempted. No. Yes, you are. Not really. Yes, you are, Bill. I know you. Uh, I've known you for a long time. Yeah, you have. Yes, yeah, I you have. have. <laughs> uh, man, it is. It's it's good to be. Yeah. It, it's good to be here after a win. It's a completely different feeling than it was. <laughs> it going really in. is. Uh, Auburn and listen. Was the competition 
Ole Miss or LSU or Georgia? No. Did Auburn play better regardless of the competition? Yes. Uh, both the sides of the football, I thought. That's, I think, as close as we have seen this season to what Hugh Freeze wants to be on offense mm-hmm. moving forward. And I, everybody had a good time on Saturday. It was fun to watch that offense work. It was fun to watch Peyton Thorne thrive in that offense and to continue to see Jarquez Hunter emerge or reemerge, I guess is a All better right. way to put it, in the offense. I like the fact, and in, in talking with, with Peyton yesterday, when the players were made available to us, he said, you know, the plan going in wasn't that I was just going to spread it all around the field, but he did. 11 different 11 receivers. 11 different receivers. And in the first half. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, that was done by halftime. And that was good to see. When Auburn has been its best in a passing game, they're spreading it around. It's not just one guy or two guys. It is all over the field. And that's what we saw, including Jarquez out of the backfield, mm-hmm. including the hurdle down the Auburn sideline. Um I, I, I liked watching what Keontae Scott and Austin Keys continue to bring back to the defense. Um, I listen. It was a fun day to be at the ballpark. It was a fun day to watch this team play. It was. It was. I'm sure as much of a relief as it was to be exhilarating to get that win on Saturday. Because as we talked about last Tuesday, that was if if, if Auburn is going to make a bowl game, that was a must win. You know what? If Auburn's going to make a bowl game, this Saturday is a must-win. You're right. For the Tigers. It doesn't change, but they've got some momentum. They've got some confidence as they head to Nashville. Oh, they absolutely do. And and uh, the, uh, when Dan and I were talking a few minutes ago, I said, I bet this is a fun practice. The weather feels great. You're coming off a win. Things things that you planned worked, and uh, that that just helps uh, helps all around. And, and the other thing – that we were talking about, and, and I think Coach Freeze addressed it a little bit yesterday, this team is in remarkably good shape physically to be heading into game nine. Well, when you get Keys back and you get Scott back and Jarquez looks better. Javarius. Yeah, Javarius Johnson, all of a sudden more of a threat at the wide receiver spot. Even though you did not have Avery Jones – at center, Connor Lou performed well enough to be named SEC Freshman of the Week. Gunnar Britton on the other side of him, the left side of him, played well enough to be SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week for the second time mm-hmm. this season. It helps a guy like Lou, who is, as we mentioned, not only a true freshman, he's a young true freshman. As Jason Campbell put during the broadcast, when I was 17, I was going to the prom. <laughs> Connor Lou starting a, an SEC right. football game. But it helps to have two sixth year guys on each mm-hmm. side of him. Gunnar Britton on one side and Cam Stutz on the other. And listen, there's bang there's there's bumps and bruises. Oh, yes. always is. But I mean Avery Jones the is the only guy, right. isn't he, right now that, that isn't available or wasn't available Saturday. Yeah, and I don't know if I don't know if that will change by the time right. this game is played on Saturday this Saturday or not. Um I would say if if there's any question, you could hold him out because right. Connor played so well. Agreed. And if, let's face it, Vandy has really struggled defensively. It has, and 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 I listen. I watched the the, the Vandy Ole Miss game Saturday night. I didn't think Ole Miss played all that well. I didn't either. And still, completely dominated Vanderbilt. But for the second straight week, Auburn goes into a game not knowing exactly who the quarterback's going to be on the other side. True. Is it going to be AJ Swan? Is it going to be Walter Taylor, who is big? He's a big kid. Six foot seven. 
235 pounds from Jackson, Alabama. Hmm. That's a big quarterback. Yeah, no kidding. And he picked up his first career touchdown, and he's a bruiser. They they've got they've got some guys that catch your eye offensively. Yes. Well, both both quarterbacks that that we've seen other than Taylor, Seals and Swan can throw it. Mm-hmm. Both have had really good freshman years at Vanderbilt. They're best when they're throwing the football. But you you look at their receiving core, it's impressive enough. Um what will the atmosphere be like on Saturday? I mean, if it is 28-5 a capacity at Vanderbilt Stadium, how many of those are going to be Auburn people? I would think there's going to be a lot. I think I would think a third easily. I I think that could be a safe estimate. Yeah. So, I don't know. Looking forward to it. Oh yeah, and I like, you know, I don't mind the three o'clock. Uh, I mean, hey, we sort of get in a little groove of afternoon. Two thirty last week, three o'clock for the next couple of weeks. That's right. And we'll find out for New Mexico State probably Monday. Mm-hmm. Andy Burcham here with me on the uh, Tuesday edition of The Drive. Love for you to join in. I don't think we've given out the numbers yet today. The Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on The Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number, 334-564-1840. Anything you want to talk about, a lot going on. Got uh, um, women's exhibition, men's exhibition tomorrow night. Yeah. We've got, I mean, baseball's actually playing. Baseball's playing in Biloxi Saturday. Yeah, just you know, And another women's exhibition game Thursday night. Yeah, we were mentioning uh, yesterday. I mean, it's that time when one of the two times each year when it seems like just about everything is, is uh, going on. Men's golf is playing out at Cypress Point in California. Um, yeah, they're glad they're not playing in this. It's yeah. a little chilly and breezy. Yeah, so men's basketball tomorrow. And I, I think the women look good against a Division II opponent last night, West Georgia. Um, a good first game for, for Coach Jay's team. The men get AUM tomorrow night. AUM is a team that shoots the three a lot. Uh, we'll see. Auburn is a very deep basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, all indications are Auburn played pretty well against Furman in the close practice. The close scrimmage on Saturday. No, I did not go. I, I was not there. And just talking with some folks, I think they they like what they saw in their Bruce, very first Bruce game. Bruce seemed pretty pleased. Seemed to be, yes. Uh, and now we'll get an opportunity to see them in person tomorrow night against AUM before Auburn goes on the road, leaving next Monday to play next Tuesday night in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where right now it's 31 degrees <laughs> against Baylor. Well, it's just going to prepare you for it a little bit right. here over sure. the next couple of days. Right. Then, then, uh, then things are going to calm down, uh, cool down. Uh, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in if you've got any uh, questions or comments for Andy. Yeah, we'll, yeah you, you talked about it yesterday. Tomorrow night's game will be on the app only, the Auburn Tigers app tomorrow. Everything else with radio coverage uh, on, uh, on Wings 94.3 starting next Tuesday. That sounds good. So make your plans. There may still be – you may be able to get a standing room ticket if you head over there How about that for an exhibition game? Yeah, how about that? Uh, All right, back with more with Andy. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, joined by Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers. Drew at the controls. And again, we'd love for you to join in. You heard the numbers. You can also text us the drive text box 334-564-1840. And we will get to the drive hotline. And Jay is up first. Hey, Jay. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? How are you, Jay? Pretty good, pretty good. good. I just want to first say uh, to Mr. Bertram, um, I really enjoyed listening to your play-by-play when I listen to Auburn basketball as well as Auburn football. So whenever I go to – I've been to one football game this year, and I would listen to you at the stadium, or whenever I'm at home, I would listen to you while watching the play-by-play. And I just want to say uh, excellent job in – continuing in being the voice of Auburn uh, athletics. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the, the job greatly uh, in spite of the way that, that it came about. But, uh, right. you know, you, you follow Rod and you follow Jim. You, you, better, you better bring the game, but I certainly appreciate you listening. Thank you, Jay. Well, well it's, nothing more, you, you, it's just greatness after greatness after greatness, and I just want to say that. Thank you. Um, I just want to ask a question. If we do well against Vanderbilt, there's no guarantees. Vanderbilt can look up one day and beat us. There's little green men from Mars. And hey, they, they played course, Auburn uh, tough. They played Auburn tough over the last few years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. And, of course, you've you got little green leprechauns running around in the world. Uh, Fortunately, we're not playing so, them on Halloween, too. So, <laughs> Well, this is true. This is true. Or apparently so, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real, though. So, we play off. We play Vanderbilt. We beat Vanderbilt. We go to Arkansas and we get some barbecue, some good smoked barbecue ribs, some good barbecue, some uh, some good pulled pork barbecue, beating the Arkansas Razorbacks. Of course, we beat New Mexico State at home. How do you look at our chances <laughs> going into the Iron Bowl with a three-game winning series? Well. Uh... It would actually be four if, if, if you can pull off these next That's three. Four, to include Mississippi State. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Four game winning series. And, and I don't, I don't want to try and sound coy here or anything, but honest to goodness, you can't look to that Alabama game right now. If, if the, no, if you do, you're liable to stub your toe yeah. between now and then. How, however. If, if, if that's the case, though. If. Mm-hmm. All right. If. If that's the case, yeah. I mean, we, we've, seen, we've seen some weird things happen. At Jordan Hare Stadium, when Alabama rolls into town, even when Alabama's a highly favored absolutely squad, I mean the the game two years ago is just a fabulous example of that. But this team, you you hear no one in that building talking about the Iron Bowl right now. Nobody, they're concentrating Good. on Vanderbilt, and that's the way it should be going Abs- into Saturday. A- absolutely right, and we, I mean we don't know. Alabama has been getting better. Agreed. But let's see what happens here to them. Uh, with them over the next few ball games, if if they come in and you know their main goal is out of reach, if they lose another ball game, if they lose Saturday mm-hmm. to LSU, it's going to be very tough for them to have any chance of making the BCS playoff. Here, and if they're not in that, here is my that takes something away. I agree. Everything you, I agree with everything you say. But here's my prediction: I don't think they will lose another game until they come to our place. Probably Ooh, not. And I don't, the, the game's in, in Tuscaloosa. Yes, it is. The LSU game. Uh, yeah. And Alabama is right. I've, I've never said this about Alabama, 
But Alabama is sneaky good right now. Oh, I agree. Just because of the early that early loss to Texas, a lot of folks forgot the early loss to Texas and how they slopped around in a couple right. of ball games exactly. early on. Exactly, but they have played better of late, and they now have the week off going into the LSU game mm-hmm. this week. I, let me put it to: I'll be surprised if they lose one of these games leading into the Iron Bowl. Okay. Okay. Now, if we were to win the Iron Bowl. <laughs> If, Ar- if Auburn's eight and four, if Auburn's eight and four, they're playing in a New Year's Bowl. And they're probably okay. playing in Florida. Yeah. Okay. And how does it look like our chances in, in, in acquiring and flipping more recruits for the twenty twenty four signing class? Well, I tell you what, if you if you do what you just said, I mean, <laughs> you do that, it's gonna it's surely not gonna hurt your chances. And and, and regardless, they're not gonna stop recruiting those no. kids either. No, I I, okay. I, I think Auburn's gonna have. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, before the season, I think most people were saying, "Well, it's going to s- still take a little bit longer." Look for the twenty-five class, twenty-four class. Auburn's still a little bit behind. I think they have caught up pretty well. And now we were talking yesterday um, with uh, with Brian Matthews, and I think we'd figured Auburn might sign somewhere between fifteen and twenty. Auburn already has seventeen commits. Uh, I think Auburn's looking at somewhere between 20 and 25 signees in December with the possibility of of, of flipping a big-time player or two and adding maybe a big-time player or two that hasn't committed anywhere. So um, those possibilities are there. Andy, you're absolutely right. Hugh Freeze is recruiting, it seems like, every second that he's awake. Well, I don't think he's ever recruited more in a season that he is doing this year. He told us that much on Tiger Talk a week and a half ago. I asked him, I said, have you guys guys ever, have you as the head coach? Because he talked about that he's spending time, I mean, even game day. You know, he's not out on the field as early as he typically would be on a game day because he is recruiting. Yeah, he's spending time with the recruits that are are in town. I I, I don't think he's ever done that as much as he's doing right now. Yeah, he's, he's really fishing. I don't know what kind of bait he's using, but he's he's sure as hell getting them. So far, yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's it. All right, Jay. All right, Jay. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yes, I'm. And and there were some people. That's why another reason why last week was very enjoyable because there were some people that were starting to feel like, well, he, he's he's not concerned with with winning. He's more concerned with recruiting. No, he's, he's trying to do both, but you have to – I mean, he, he knows. His plan from the get-go this season has been to recruit. To improve his talent base. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I don't think he is wavering from that, even though there have been times this year where I'm sure he felt like he should be the one putting that offense together and calling the plays. And who knows if that will change in years to come. Or will he like the idea that – you know, if things are going in the right way, that he can continue to be that recruiting type guy. Well, on I think game if we day. see if, we're, if you see results like we yeah, saw Saturday, absolutely, then uh, there's no reason to make big changes there. And that's one of the things. I mean, we talked about it last week. We talked about it pretty much all year that you could tell he was not comfortable. He wasn't. He really didn't like doing what he was doing, but he felt like he needed to to try to keep Auburn in ball games against more talented teams. Agreed. I agree. Uh, well put. 
And and but he he seemed oh he was he was just I agree it it that is not overjoyed easy. I mean the, the oh sure the 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 sheer joy there was from this is what this is this is my this is my offense this is my uh, that's you know, as close my kind of football that's as close to we to what we've that's as close to what we want that he wants to see out of the offense mm-hmm. especially the first half last week. Sure, um, and and then and then I thought he made a very good point as to yes, he did. why things yes, he weren't did. the same in the second half, because in the press box, Dan and I in the press box when when Auburn's throwing the ball from the five yard line, throwing the ball from the end zone when the ball's on the five, it's like you don't have to be quite that aggressive. <laughs> and then people after the game were they were just right. uh, forgot where the ball was, right. I guess, or what the situation was. Yeah, the three, the five, the fifteen. Yeah, that's on on the the bobbled kickoff yeah. is what resulted at the fourteen. Exactly. So that that's three of your drives right there, and you had the ball once in the third quarter, and and that was a long drive that, that resulted up, in a field goal. Yeah, exactly. So before everyone jumps off the ledge because of the second half, think about it for a second. Oh yeah. Um, well, I'm 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 really I'm I'm really excited. Looking forward. This is a this no matter how much Vandy has struggled. This will be a test because it's back on the road where, where you know, has it has been night and day, well, yeah. road and home. Other than a couple of the drives, a couple of the drives, I thought defensively Auburn played well at Cal. And we've seen how that Cal team now can score right. against USC, which is not necessarily <laughs> setting the world on fire with its defense right now. But Auburn did not play well on the road at Texas A&M. It did not play well on the road at LSU. No. Here's an opportunity to play well on the road mm-hmm. at an SEC opponent. I think it's I think it's a great it's sort of a great stepping stone from the home win to a road game in a in a stadium that has less than thirty thousand against a defense that's struggling before you go to Arkansas against a team that's struggling but is more talented. Right. Here, I I I I don't have an answer. I heard them talking yesterday, and maybe you had already left by this point. The last time Auburn played in a stadium this small? While I was around, we'd never figured out. Well, I, I was thinking it's got to be a long, long time ago. Yes. When's the last time Auburn played in Columbus, Georgia? And how large was that stadium? I believe it was around 40,000. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I didn't realize it was that large. Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, I thought I'm it was I'm pretty small. sure it's more than, I think it's more than 30. Apparently, sure. the TCU game, when Auburn opened up at TCU, is the last time Auburn crowd. played in front of a crowd right. that comparable yeah, and that was a that was a long time ago. I mean, because I was thinking maybe you'd have to go all the way back to the days of, of you know, well, Swanee or well, somebody how, like that in the how, SEC. How big was Auburn Stadium or Cliff Hare Stadium? It was it was um, it was around fifty. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was it was a little under, but I mean, it was definitely over thirty. So I, it's, it's been a long. It has time. been a very very long time, and and they're doing improvements. They are. That's the point. Greatly needed improvements no at Vanderbilt in both end zones. Well, that that would be nice. It'll be nice when they finally, when they do get that done. Yes. Uh, Clark Lee, I think, is a very bright coach, uh, but you know, and and he's bringing in and they've re- they've recruited some players. I think he's, I think he is one of nine go. that is that is coaching at his alma mater. Head coaches at his is alma that, mater. Is that all there are I, in the I, country? I, yes. Their their notes finally came out today. And that's one of the notes. Huh. Jim Harbaugh is one of those at Michigan as well. Yeah, I wonder how much longer he will be there. That, 
that story just continues it's, it's to get more, more and more ridiculous. Did you see the, the yes. Central Michigan stuff today? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Golly. That, that story just continues to get more and more ridiculous. Uh, well, it makes it almost makes you wonder when the seat got hot under Harbaugh, did they really go ahead and let's, well, let's, I know. Let's, uh, let, I let's, know. let's see what we can do. I do not. Uh, know. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's get to our final break here of hour number one. Andy with me for one more segment. Dan will be back after the viewing window. Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. This is Martha Hank with ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one. Bill and Andy with Drew at the controls and Robert is up next on the drive hotline. Hey, Robert. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing today? We're doing well, Robert. I don't want to speak for Bill, but I am I'm, well. I'm doing okay, fine. Good. <laughs> well, Andy, I'm, I want you to know that I look forward to every Tuesday to hear you on the radio and uh, listen to you on the air on the uh, football games. When you, you talk, you sound like us. Uh, just an Auburn fan, and we really do appreciate that. Thank you, Robert. And uh, the reason I'm calling is I really, really enjoyed your podcast with Sheriff Jerry the Son, and actually learned something about my family and okay. a little bit of a connection. I, I grew up in Selma, and I, I knew Shug was from Selma, but I didn't know a whole lot about it. And he lived about four blocks from me. Is but that what right? Really got me going is when he said that Shug's daddy was a railroad man. Yes. Well, my daddy and granddaddy were both railroad men. Okay. And I bet you that, that my daddy granddaddy worked with I, Shug's I, daddy. I can't think that that community is so large that they wouldn't have. No, where I lived was a small area that most of the people that lived there worked for the railroad. Yeah. And uh, they were all a, a close-knit community, and it was just really interesting to hear that he just lived four blocks from us, and right. we never really knew it. Well, and, but, uh, and that, that, you yeah, to. that was part two. We did a two-part with Ralph, and we could have gone another couple hours. And so we may do that again sometime. This coming Monday, it's Marquise Daniels, uh, the former Auburn basketball player who's now on the staff with, with Coach Pearl. Just recently lost his wife, Shayna, who is a former Auburn basketball player in her own right. Uh, they have set up a, an endowed scholarship in the College of Education in Shayna's name. Uh, so Marquise is Monday. And then the next two Mondays after Marquise is a two-parter with Hal Baird. Oh, that would be great. So, But those, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to get to talk with some of these folks. And, and I never had the privilege or the honor to meet Shug Jordan. I've just heard the stories. And so it was a great history lesson to talk with Ralph and and to get his stories. And I didn't we didn't even scratch the surface there. Well see, I was at school that time. Uh I got to school there in seventy two and uh it was just a, a great time. But sure. another thing that really made me think about it is he said that Shug's uh best games that he remembers were the punt by my punt the prayer and during hair and the kick six. And I was uh, lucky enough to be at all three of those. Sure. So uh, 
I just enjoyed the podcast. It just brought back a lot of memories. Thank you, Robert. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. Appreciate the call, Robert. Yeah, great stuff. Part of his stories in this week's podcast, his dad taught him how to drive, and he drove to school as a 13-year-old. 13-year-old. Well. Three on the tree. He drove his car. Back and forth because both mom and dad worked. Mm-hmm. Evelyn was a psychologist. A lot, of, a, a lot of folks had to learn how to drive. Well, he said one morning day. he woke up and he said, Shug told him, he said, you're going to learn how to drive. And he said, I'm 13. I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. I've talked to the police. They've given you the clearance. Well, it, it helps when, when your dad's got sure. a pull. Yeah. Was, I just, oh, I man. That was a great All story. Right, so Andy, Andy was asking a while ago, and it very well may have been Memorial Stadium in Columbus. We were, I mean – it seats 15,000 now. Right. So that very well may. I mean, I thought it was bigger than that. They- Auburn and Georgia played there until 58. Yep. And part of that story, if, if you see the Cliff Hare statue at Jordan Hare Stadium, right, on mm-hmm. the south side, in, in, that, in that statue, he is holding a cigar box. And the story is the two athletic directors would get together after the Auburn-Georgia game, which was played there from 1916 to 1958. And they would literally, with their cigar boxes, all right, here's one. Split the money? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Here's here's money for Georgia. Here's money for Auburn. And so that's where that cigar box in, in that statue comes from. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember uh, Cash being... Cash being uh, carried and, and handled in, Not in the old cigar boxes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah. All right, uh, let's let's get back to the drive hotline and Jerry is up next. Hey Jerry. Hey guys, enjoy your show. Um, really enjoyed Andy's broadcast on Saturdays. Uh, my first impression was the Columbus Stadium Memorial Stadium. I uh-huh. believe is what it's called. Um, but another uh, possibility would be uh, uh, the stadium in Montgomery. Crampton Bowl? Crampton Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cramp, uh, it, it's been a while since Auburn's played there, too. But, so I mean, it would be – so yeah. we're, we're talking 65 years or so since they yeah. played in a venue that small. Right. Been a long time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all right. Well, that's all I had. All right, See Jerry. You later. Good hearing from you. Back to the phone, and Michael is next. Hey, Michael. Hey, Bill. How are you doing? Doing fine. Andy. Yes, sir. The next the next time you interview <clears throat> Ralph Jr., remind him when he was a student at Auburn, his fraternity brothers referred to him as Pee Wee. Pee Wee. He never. He did not <laughs> offer that to me. <laughs> when, uh, he did well, say, he, he did say uh, that uh, when. The two families got together, Shug Jordan and Bear Bryant, apparently up at Lake Martin. He said Bear called him Little Shug. That was the <laughs> well, nickname that he gave him. I was in school with him in same fraternity for four and a half years, and uh, he was known as Pee Wee. And a few years ago when, when uh, Jay Jacobs started that athletic advisory committee, the first time I'd seen Pee Wee in about 35 years, mm. and I had to to ask a mutual acquaintance of ours, is it okay if I still call him Pee Wee? <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks a lot, guys. All right, appreciate I'll, it, Mike. I'll see him in a couple Fridays, and I'll I'll uh, I'll 
I'll gingerly yeah. ask him that question. Yeah. Uh, John is, I believe, our last caller of the of this hour. Hey, John. Good to see you. Hey, it's a, uh, is, is, this is a larger attendance, but uh, back in 84, when Auburn played at Mississippi State and Ole Miss, uh, Mississippi State's capacity was 31,000 and Ole Miss was 35,300. Mm-hmm. I know it's larger than 28,000, but it's still uh, a It's comparable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And how large is the stadium in Jackson, Mississippi? Because, you know, Auburn – It was bigger, and that's why they play yeah, sometimes doubleheaders yeah. there. Auburn played Ole Miss in 1990 there. It's the hottest football I game I've ever, ever been, to. been to. And we were in Coton High. I was, too. Oh, Lord. That's right, because you were working with the university. Sure was. It was brutally hot. That, that Hot enough that when I did the postgame show, and it was my first road game <laughs> with Coach Dye in the postgame show, Daryl Crawford was on a gurney getting IVs. They were carrying yeah, people out of and, the stadium that day. Coach Dye was very upset with me because that's where we were, and I'm like, Coach, this is where the line is. I, I really can't move anything. But Oh, man. Anyway. Great, great stuff, Andy. It's always fun, and, and uh, yeah, we're glad we got a couple of folks calling in about those memories. All right, tell us a little All bit right. about uh, Tiger Talk right, and Tiger pre-game. Talk Thursday night. Uh, we will have uh, Coach Coach Freeze, Coach Pearl, Coach Jay, wow. plus Auburn players, Auburn football players on. Uh, right now, scheduled to be on with us right now, Saturday morning or Saturday at noon. We go on there at noon. Jarris McIntyre is, is scheduled to be with us. Of course, he scored the Rod's first touchdown call wow. at Vanderbilt in 2003. Great stuff, Andy. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Back with our number two. Hey, sports fans. Jeff Myers here, First Baptist Church of Opelika. Well, you know I'm a sports fan. You're a sports fan. You wouldn't be... Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. <laughs> The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to our number two of the Tuesday Drive. Nice looking. It's breezy. It is chilly. It is getting cold. It's going to be cold. The sun goes down a little about an hour or so and trick-or-treating gets started. It's going to be cold. So be good to the kids that are that are out trick-or-treating. Uh, yeah, I hope some of them don't mind a, a, a little scare. I mean, again, I, I don't want to I don't want to make any little kids cry and give them nightmares, but uh, some of the some of the older ones, sure, it's fun to uh, fun to see them jump. Um, happy Halloween, everybody. Bill here in the studio. Dan should be joining me here shortly. The viewing window for football practice apparently is done. Uh, Thanks to Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, stopping by as he does on Tuesdays. Now, next Tuesday, obviously, Auburn basketball is going to be taking on Baylor out in uh, South Dakota. We'll have him on for a segment or so next Tuesday, but appreciate him stopping in. If you didn't get to hear, hear any with Andy, we sure encourage you to check out the podcast, which are brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two of The Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. And you can join us 
on the Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box. And that is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And the number, 334-564-1840. Game four of the World Series coming up tonight. You can hear that on ESPN 1067. Coming up uh, following the show, the uh, Diamondbacks looking to even things up. Rangers, once again, have um, the home field advantage after last night's 3-1 win in Arizona. And then, uh, uh, so so that's coming up tonight. Tomorrow, Auburn basketball. Um, those folks with season tickets are fortunate enough to, to have tickets. Um, as I mentioned a while ago, you might be able to get standing room tickets if you get there. Um, tomorrow night before the uh, before the game. That's coming up. And as Andy was mentioning, it's available only on the app. And they'll do a short pregame. It's not going to be the full, uh, you know, pregame or postgame. Um, it's just there for folks to be able to, to listen to the Auburn AUM exhibition coming up tomorrow night. So, I mean, fun times here. We'd, we'd love to hear from you if you uh, didn't get a chance to get through and give us your thoughts on Auburn's win over Mississippi State. What are you thinking as Auburn gets ready for Vanderbilt this weekend? And, yeah, maybe uh, it appears the most logical answer to the last time Auburn played in a venue as small as the one they're going to this week. The Vandy Stadium, because of the construction, I mean, it wasn't the largest stadium anyway, but because of the construction, capacity is uh, around 28,500. And uh, the last time we could find a venue that Auburn played in that would have been smaller than that's probably Memorial Stadium in Columbus for the uh, Georgia game back in 1958. So, uh, so that, that's pretty interesting there. I asked Dan this. I asked Andy off the air because we were getting into other stuff. Your favorite scary movie? I mean, I know there's some, uh, there, there'll be some folks that just don't like them. And I'm not, you know, if, if you're into full gore slash, that, that's fine. They don't scare me as much as they just sort of, eh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to just keep watching for that. Uh, but, I mean, the kind that back before, before you got so used to it are, are the ones that I was talking about. Andy said the original Halloween, and I, I told him a little story about seeing Seeing that one. And the first, when you saw movies like that that hadn't been out and you saw them in theaters, those were scary. I mean, because you weren't, you know, you, you weren't ready for that, you know, brace yourself because here it comes. You know, that kind of thing where, oh, the, uh, like Dan was talking about Alien, where that comes popping out of the chest. <laughs> I mean, you weren't, weren't ready for things like that. Way back in the day, so uh, you know I've got again I've I've got my Halloween music, but because of uh, royalties and things like that, we we can't go into playing all that stuff. I've got it in the car though; I can drive around with it uh, this this evening on the way to the house. All right, again, anything on your mind, sports wise, spook wise, three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and Ty the Tiger is up first. Hey, Ty going on man happy halloween yeah happy halloween so real quick scary movie i think it, it, it probably was because 
my age of when it came out. But I then think you probably shouldn't have been watching it at that age. Is probably it's another probably, reason it's scary. Yep. But I, you know, people I think underestimate the original screen. Oh um, yeah, Dan mentioned that one a while know, ago. You're right. I, I was a teenager. I was 13, and I mean, you know, there was look the the, the killers didn't have any special powers. Didn't come back to life. You know, it, it's something that I thought like could really happen. Let you me know, let me tell I you first. Like, yeah. And, a little and, bit. And, and it was a really good jumpy movie. Like, you know, every oh, time it was. You, turned around, you couldn't get it, comfortable. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. So that to me was growing up, you know, because again, when we when I was 13, you know, all the Halloween and all that kind of stuff, man, it was just so like, you, you know, we it just looked so fake to us, I guess, growing up. We were kind of spoiled in that first really big computer generation. But I don't know that, that it just. That to me was was scary, and then uh, I know uh, one this a series has been going on forever. Saw I, I just always man that just that just yeah I think it's up to core. ten now, isn't it? I believe. Uh, yeah, ten I think just came yeah, out. But thought I, mean, I, saw, I thought I saw I saw X. Yeah, gory one. Yeah, uh, it just saw over and over just and it's well. Let me tell you, let me tell you the prequel that I saw. When when I was in, uh, I think I was in high school at a drive-in, was Last House on the Left, and that was like that that was the the goriest thing I'd ever seen at that age, and uh, that that one was the kind that would give you nightmares for a while. Yeah. Well, Bill, what are you what are you dressing up for as Halloween? I don't know. I hadn't decided. I got a few options uh, as 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 I go home this this afternoon. I've got to decide. Uh, can I run in and change quick and be nice? Be be a nice guy for the little kids and uh, maybe something else for the bigger ones. All right, well, I'm gonna see if you can guess who what I am. I'll give you a hint. I've got a Polk High 33 jersey on. Who is Polk High? Uh, that was uh scored four touchdowns in one game. Um, <laughs> now, that's, I see. That's where I need Dan. I can see. Um, and my wife is matching with the uh, with redheaded uh, leopard leggings. If oh, that you another one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, Good it's old Al Bundy, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, golly. That that's 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 great. That is great. Y'all got a party to go to? Are yeah, just, we're going. We're actually headed to Montgomery. That's where we're from, and going down with the the family and trick or treating and uh, doing all that stuff. So it'll be fun, man. And uh, yeah, y'all be but careful. Anyway, I got a I got a I got a scary story to tell you real quick, Bill. Sure. I know you probably got it. Let me go. But I got a scary story, man. It's, it's about this fan base that uh, man just gets its hopes up so bad and 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 faces the four best teams and on their schedule, and you know. You know, competitive in some of them, not 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 that competitive, but competitive and more competitive at home. Go, yes, uh-huh. and then and then and then they face the four worst teams on their schedule, and their quarterback looks amazing. And you know, obviously, that fan base probably is going to talk about the Heisman next year and and uh, and things like that. Um, yeah, that can then, be a scary and then, story. And then um, the next thing you know. Um, they barely beat their in-state rivals or barely lose to their in-state rivals, uh, you know, which makes their season a, a win. And for the, all the off season, all you hear about is 
next year, next year, next year. Man, it's a scary story. I see it happening. Um, I, I was I was afraid you I was afraid you're going to throw in and uh, and and when and when they do that they uh, they renegotiate the coach's contract. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that's, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's that's the scary plot part twist, to a lot of people. Plot twist, plot twist. Anyway, man, let's see how it goes. Again, you know, man, we're we're just uh, living on a prayer. You know, no, it's no real football fans and people who knew what they were looking at knew that this this wasn't going to be a great year. Listen, if we can get seven wins and almost beat Alabama, it'll be a success in the Auburn Eye. So, war damn Eagles always, man. Happy Halloween. All right, be careful, Ty. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, if Auburn's seven and four when Alabama comes into a Jordan-Hare, it has been a, it's, it's been a heck of a successful year. I mean, we'll just see what happens then. 334-321-1390. Dan should be uh, headed back in. We'll get his thoughts. I've read a couple of things. I don't know if they're absolutely true or not, but I saw – I mentioned Brian uh, from AuburnSports.com. Uh, AuburnSports.com uh, posting among their practice notes the Thriller was being played in the background and that uh, Keldrick Falk was dancing around a bit. I'll have to ask Dan if that was the uh, – if that was indeed the case. So we'll get to our first break here. Love for you to join in. Don't forget Jake Crane of Crane & Company will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. So uh, we've got another segment where you can get through 334-321-1390 here on the Tuesday Drive. I'm Jessica Samuel with Open The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Dan in the studio now after the uh, viewing window, little uh, little Halloween themed. I saw a picture of a dinosaur and uh, and and heard that that thriller was being played. Yeah, a few folks walking around in uh, in costumes and uh, but but all told, you know, a, a business as usual practice. Uh, co- but good to have a little fun. Yeah, too. I, think, I, I think that's I think they were enjoying themselves and, uh, and and having some fun with the music selection. It being Halloween and all, but but no, I mean it was a uh, it, it was. It, you know, we were looking at the offensive line uh, as we were talking about mm-hmm. previous hour. Uh, it did seem like maybe they were they were holding out a couple of the veterans, taking it easy with them on Tuesday, knowing that they uh, could be called into uh, called into a lot of action uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, receivers, you know, it did seem like uh, for the second week in a row, and, and it, I mean, Camden Brown played a lot uh, this past Saturday right. after seeming like he was first up at most of the drills, and I would say that 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 continues now, four, five, and six would look like your top three receivers at the moment based on sort of how uh, Shane Hooks is also, uh, you know, getting a lot of snaps. Coy Moore is, uh, is, is getting snaps. But I, I What about Caleb? Because that's a guy that Caleb, uh, Caleb Burton, I would say, would be in that, would be in that mix as well. Malcolm, still uh, somebody that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's very much uh, in the picture. Malcolm might have led the team he in, did, in snaps. And, and as far receiver, as receivers. Which, yeah. would be, which would be surprising, I think, to people who watch the game to think that uh, Malcolm Johnson he doesn't get is, targeted as much. Doesn't get targeted all that often, but but is uh, is clearly doing the little things that justify uh, keeping him on the field. But but yeah, I, w- I would say especially of the of the guys who, who seem to be targeted and, and who could finish strong. Yeah, my guess would be uh, four, five, and six would be your uh, w- you know would be your likeliest uh, options for, uh, for 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 heavy use down the stretch. 
Oh, well, that's good. Uh, any anything noticeably different in the quarterback rotation today? Not, not really. Um, you know, it's, it seemed like in, in last week, uh, you know, I think they still want to have Robbie and or Holden ready to go if something were to happen to Peyton Thorne. Sure. But my guess would be, especially after the game he just played, uh, that the game plan is for Peyton Thorne to be the quarterback and, and to, be, uh, uh, to, to be leading the way most, if not all, of the time uh, this Saturday. And, and practice reflected that. I mean, it seemed like Peyton was, was, was first up and Peyton was working with the guys that we think of as the ones at wide receiver. But, but that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that, that's, only, that's only logical after, after the way he played on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So just uh, you're hoping you can maintain, continue uh, with, with uh, how Auburn played offensively, especially, you know, when they had field position there in the first half. So, um, so yeah, a fairly, I guess, uneventful um, media window. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a – I mean, th- this is – as we were saying, when, when there's not a ton of intrigue regarding uh, position battles and mm-hmm. or injury availability – uh, then you're you're watching. That's to probably see. good heading into your ninth game of the season. Yeah, I, I think so that you're it, not I mean, concerned about who's starting. It could be more interesting as far as what we're looking for, but it also like that could lead to players not being able to go on Saturday. So yeah, as we were saying last hour, Auburn looks to be in a very good position health wise for a team going into game nine, conference game number six. Like that's a uh, you know they're I mean it's about to be November and most of the key players from week one are going to be out there this Saturday. Yeah, now I did see where um, now Jay, um, Andy was talking about nice seeing Keontae and and Austin appearing to be more and more healthy, but uh, Eugene. Um, in a yellow non-contact uh, jersey today. Yeah, in- interesting, and I and I wonder if uh, if if anyone's going to want to speak on, uh, on on that. Maybe they're maybe they're holding him out for. Uh, you know, well, he's been playing yeah. so well and so hard. So I mean, I could see where uh, maybe the only way well, to the only way to force him not to go through contact would be like you're going to have a non-contact jersey on. Yeah, I thought it was Keys uh, at first, which would make more sense because of the thumb. But then we, yeah, we saw Keys out there somewhere else, so we knew it was. It, it seemed like yeah, maybe maybe it's Eugene. But that's uh, uh yeah, I, I think um, uh, I mean he finished the game on Saturday, from what I remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't recall. recall him leaving. So so maybe uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but they uh. Yeah, maybe they're just trying to keep him healthy, uh, as, as you speculated on. You know, maybe he's just, you know, that's 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 the only way to keep him from uh, uh, from going, going up hundred percent all going, the time. Yeah, or going, just going up, you know, as fast as he can. Getting to work, yeah. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the uh, number to get you through here on the Tuesday edition of the drive. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? Uh, well, how do you, how do you feel about the series after last night? I feel like it's. Sort of swung back to Texas now. This is a fun series so far. Yeah, and Texas being able to survive the uh, absence of Scherzer. Now they're going to have to survive the absence of Adolis Garcia. Right, but but being able to. But last night, in the moment, yeah, in the moment, you know, when Scherzer leaves that game. Granted, Texas had the lead, uh, but without without Scherzer to hold on to it, I think is huge for the Rangers. John Gray, the former Rocky, was was very impressive last night. He's always had great stuff. A lot of former, a lot of stuff. former National Leaguers that get there are. Uh, you know, that, that that find their way into a, into the series, including Seager, who hit the big home run. Oh yeah, uh, last night, former Dodger uh, with the the home run for the Rangers. Yep. 
Uh, game four coming up tonight, right here on ESPN one hundred six seven. Is it? Um, it's like a. It's a. It's a bullpen for both. Both teams, yeah. Both yeah. teams going with the all hands on deck sort of bullpen. So you would think advantage probably back to the Diamondbacks because the Rangers had to use more of their pen last night. But we'll see. This is a situation where, and I don't know exactly how many days rest we're talking. We don't see short rest in the playoffs anymore. It's been decided basically that like it's not. Pitching a starter on three days rest is not better than going with a bullpen game uh, in the eyes of most of the analytics and in the eyes of most of the managers now. Because I think not all that long ago, maybe Zach Gallen would be mm-hmm. un- under some pressure. Yeah, he's to pitch. going. He's going tomorrow. He's going tomorrow on full rest. And and I think that's like something where where in the past, yeah, teams might have thought, oh, we got to use our starter on on short rest rather than go with a bullpen game. Teams would rather extend the series. Yeah, and John Smoltz sits there in the broadcast booth and sort of. Just chuckles a little. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of wish at times I wish that there was somebody who didn't seemingly hate the modern game <laughs> as much as John Smoltz does uh, calling the World Series. Uh, uh, he's although, good, though. Although I think, you know what? And I think he's gotten better without Buck. Yeah, I, thought, I agree. I, thought that, I agree. I thought that with Joe Buck, it would maybe sometimes like the focus would leave the game. Get a little snarky almost. Well, no, I think the focus would leave the game and it would be yeah. tell me stories about uh, this or that. And, and John Smoltz would, you know, and, and, and Buck would sort of encourage it. And this is with with Davis. It's more of a. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a folk. You know, it's it's it's. They're more focused on the yeah, game. They're they're very focused on the game. Even if Smoltz can be curmudgeon, uh, <laughs> curmudgeon adjacent <laughs> at times regarding uh, regarding the modern game. Let's get to the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar and Terry is next. Fra- hey Terry, Frank Coor is excellent. He really by the is. Way. I did not see that coming. As you know, when he was a player, Frank Coor has become an excellent uh, analyst during uh, Major League Baseball games. Hey Terry. Hey guys, um, I heard you, Bill. I heard you and Andy talking a little bit about the Alabama LSU game Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally like LSU in this game because, first of all, I think Alabama's horseshoes bound to run out sooner or later. Well, uh, I've been thinking that all, for think, a, think a half Jayden, a century. Jayden Daniels is the kind of quarterback that gives Nick Saban multiple troubles. He can throw any. You're right there. You're right there. And that's that's usually what it takes to beat Alabama is to have a um, usually a very talented have a quarterback have a great game. And I've never understood the 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 comments about or the the, the you know it's in Bryant Denny big deal Texas hey LSU Texas. has played better against Alabama in Tuscaloosa than they have at home exactly and I just don't understand it because I think if you look over Nick Saban's career he hadn't lost many but when he has lost he's lost a home well it hasn't been impossible you're right I mean compare comparatively yeah, it's I mean, just it's as still, likely to happen it's, there it's an advantage for it to be in Bryant Denny versus Tiger Stadium I mean oh, I, I agree. would say that like I, I mean that. if you're if you're thinking about it that way like I mean, maybe it doesn't. Alabama is not invincible at home. They lost to Texas earlier this year mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa, but I think it's it's certainly to Alabama's advantage that the game is in Tuscaloosa instead of Baton Rouge. That doesn't mean LSU can't win. I mean, LSU has a quarterback playing as well as any quarterback in college football right now. They've got a good team around him. Uh, they've got a lot to play for. Uh, it's a it's a mess, right? If LSU wins, out, if LSU and Ole Miss win out, it's a mess at the top because you'd have three seven and one. I think you'd have three seven and one SEC West teams that all beat each other. Ole Miss, LSU, right. and Alabama. I don't know exactly how that. Well, although Ole Miss would have to beat Georgia to win out too. Which yeah, is that's else not going to happen. They're, they're going to Athens next week or yes, two weeks. It is next um, week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, so there's there's Ole Miss winning out is uh, unlikely, uh, but uh, but no, LSU's got LSU's got everything in front of them uh, right now, and and they're a uh, they're a very dangerous offense. Doesn't the first college football poll come out tonight? Yes, it does. I would expect I would expect Ohio State at one based on the way uh, these things have shaken out in the past and the way that it does seem like the early polls have favored the Big Ten 
before. What they do with Michigan is interesting, I think, in light of current events, uh, how they decide to uh, – uh, where, where they decide to rank the Michigan Yeah, but it's Wolverines. not supposed to be based on that. We'll see. It's not supposed to be based on I that. I know. Um, I would think Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, Washington, and Michigan in some order is your top five. Yeah, those um, are the five unbeaten Your five teams. undefeated teams in the, in the Power Five. Uh, my, my guess would be that Ohio State is going to have a, a, a slight edge over the others. Now, who do you guys think the top one loss team is? Because I think it's Oregon. Ooh, you do? Even with Bo Nix? Off, that's off-brand for you, Terry. Yeah, to yeah, that Oregon, but I, I, I would think that Oregon with Bo Nix is the I would, best one-loss team in college football. I would, I would think, hey, Danny, I would think their resume, I think the their resume puts them at the top. Uh, well, I mean, sorry, Tex- I Texas in. has Texas has one of the better wins of they any one-loss team, having gone to Tuscaloosa and won. Um, but, but, but Oregon's loss is a better loss. Alabama beat Ole Miss, which is a which is a nice win. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, who, who the best one? I mean, I think that it's it's hard not to pick Alabama as as the best one loss team in the country. I think that they would be, I, they'd, they'd I be think, in the conversation. I think their, their entire body of work hasn't been as but the impressive. Bo- but the body of work doesn't say they're the best one loss right. team in the country, especially when Texas is is right there as a as an option too. And I, quite honestly, guys, I think the only team the SEC is going to get is the champion in this year's this year's final four. I think that's very very likely, unless Alabama wins out, beats Georgia in a tight game, then you could get two. Take care, I think, guys. Have a good appreciate evening. it, Terry. The, the committee would have a real pickle with eleven and two LSU if they win in Tuscaloosa yes. and beat number one Georgia in Atlanta to mm-hmm. win the SEC championship game. Because then you would have an eleven and two team that uh, has the best wins of anyone on the board, but they would also have two losses, including one to Florida State, who might also be they might all they might that, be in there too. Might, might be might be in that beauty pageant too. Uh, back to the phones. Brett is next. Hey, Brett. Hey guys, um, I missed the first part of the show, so forgive me if it's already been mentioned. But what, what, what's the deal with uh, Aiden Holloway's foot or ankle or whatever it is? Don't really know. Um, I I headed over to the arena. Uh, wasn't able to watch any practice, but I I did I did see Aiden in a boot. Uh, that's all I know. And Bruce okay. Bruce hasn't said anything. We see, will. We'll find out. Uh, I would guess tomorrow. I would. I would. Um, I would think that maybe something happened during the scrimmage because it didn't seem like any of this was out before the weekend. No. So may, maybe maybe a foot or ankle injury occurred during the scrimmage. If it turns out that Aiden Holloway is hurt. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, you know. Hopefully, it's it's there's, we, there's nothing that keeps him out for any length and of time. And no. And nobody reporting was at the scrimmage. No. So they can, they can't tell you what happened. Okay, but um, what what. What's the uh, scuttlebutt? I, the service that I'm on, um, for the site I'm on, it, it, it basically was saying that, you know, somebody reported him being in a boot. But uh, it, has there been anything reported about how much time he might miss? Or Nah, I, I, I saw one person saying that they didn't think it was a long-term deal, but I, I don't know that for sure. Okay. Well, somebody said that Justin Hokinson said, uh, about two weeks, but I, I don't know that to be true. Here's what I would say. If, if, if Aiden Holloway can't go tomorrow, Bruce will be asked about his availability, and we might find out more then. Like, if Holloway's unable to go tomorrow in the uh, in the exhibition, and I would guess that if these reports are true that he's not going to go tomorrow, 
uh, then Bruce Pearl will be asked about it, and we might find a little bit more uh, officially. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Brett. We'll get one more before we get to our bottom of the hour, and Spectre is up next. Hey, Spectre. Hey, Spectre. Hey, guys. Listen, uh, I need to call Terry out. Uh, I was listening the other day with him and Doug, and I could not believe my ears. I mean, the man was talking up for Bo Nix. <laughs> and, and for two years, I've also, all I heard from Terry was how bad Bo Nix was, so on and so forth. And I, I want to know, Terry, if you're listening, what's going on, son? Yeah, I don't know. The last time I heard Terry talking about Bo, he was saying it's just because he's playing against those crappy Pac-10 defenses. Exactly. And then when I heard him talking to Doug on the Mac show, I, I just I, hey, Spe- I, Spectre, I had to pinch myself. I thought, look, I thought Terry's been wrong about Bo the whole time. Right? So, Absolutely. like, I'm, I mean, I've, we, we had an infamous pizza bet about it that he still owes me the uh, – the collection on, uh, but but there's uh, uh yeah that's right I mentioned referencing the pizza bet uh, for longtime listeners that's that's a reward uh, but no I I think uh, yeah I was surprised just now when, when Terry said he thought Oregon was the best one loss team in the country because they're quarterbacked by a guy uh, that uh, he's been highly critical of in the past yeah from Benson Valley yeah exactly yeah I don't want to give Terry too much airtime let's talk about something else all right uh, who now tell me about this guy named Malik defensive player that. Alabama's been courting away from us. Oh, Malik Blockton, uh, who yeah. says he's 100% committed to Auburn? Um, yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a defensive lineman who has uh, really been playing great as the season's winding down. I think he has eight sacks in his last two games. So, I mean, it makes sense that and, and Alabama and other people would love to get him. Related to – is it Marcus Harris? Yes, it is. is he, yeah, he's, he's, he's a half-brother, I believe, of, mm-hmm. of Marcus Harris. So, you know, maybe Auburn has an advantage with uh, with, with, with the season Marcus has been having. Spectre, we got Jake Crane coming up, so we got to cut you short. Call back uh, again soon and, and if, if you didn't have – if that wasn't the end of your call. We'll get to our bottom-of-the-hour break. Jake Crane joins us on the other side here on the Tuesday Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. Yes, happy Halloween. We're getting closer to trick-or-treat time so be very careful if you're out and about they're going to be they're going to be some uh who, no telling what's that are <laughs> up and down the streets all right uh before we get to that though out, before we get, get to, are you giving out candy at the uh, Cameron house sure we are absolutely nice. after you get after you get through the landmines that's <laughs> <laughs> like uh, let's, did, did you did you did you rig the robot the robot uh, uh, mower? Oh man, his battery is being replaced, and I don't have him back yet. That was a great idea. That will be that next will be season. next year when uh, when Kennedy's uh, big enough to know what trick or treating is. All right, uh, before, but but yeah, before we get to the witching hour, let's let's get back to the uh, drive hotline. Welcome in our regular Tuesday guest. Hey, we we appreciate him spending a little time with us Friday after he was um, in the air or en route. To uh, out to Vegas last week, and that of course Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Jake, how you doing today? 
Man, I'm I'm doing great. I won't be going to trick or treat at your house anytime soon, Bill. With those landmines out front. Well, they may or may not be real. I mean, you know. That's even worse. I need to know. They're either there or they're not. That's even worse. Y'all be just uh, tested, uh, or is that only, your whole thing? Only one. You just that's see it, if man. You, you. you got me. Only one of them is real. That's right. Right. So you just gotta <laughs> you just gotta make sure you're not you're not near the real one. So no, it's a uh, it's it's and it's. I don't know what the weather's like where you are, Jake, but it's it's getting cool and cold. crisp yeah. down here, and uh, and yeah, we're gonna. It's so what go- is supposed to be for trick or treat? Yeah, it's what is supposed to be on Halloween? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna feel like people have their fireplaces on tonight, and uh, and, and yeah, this is a uh, so it's a great time of year. Yeah, I mean we you know we got the sports equinox. It seems like everything's kind of happening mm-hmm. all at the same time. So uh, so I love it, man. And candy, come on. And Tuesday night maction. For folks yeah. who want to indulge in a pair of college football games tonight, uh, with the uh, what Central Central Michigan's got a game, and I know Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, Central Toledo. Michigan just all all in the news. Yeah, now. how about that, Jake? Oh, Central <laughs> Michigan's in the news. Man, look, oh, this I'm is telling you that. Uh, I, I think this whole Michigan thing's so overblown. I mean, I, I've been getting asked all day. You know, is is this going to affect them in the college football playoff? You know, and is the committee going to hold it against them? The fact that we're gonna we're willing to penalize like Michigan like for here's here's the thing, all right. I, was that Connor Stallions at the Central Michigan game? I have no idea. If it was, I have two questions. You know why wear a disguise? And number two, Central Michigan has to be in on it. So if Central Michigan's in on it, who else is in on it? What or the or whole did, thing? Or do they just not ahead. realize? Or do they just not realize that there's somebody? Anybody can just put on I mean, put on one of their Tom shirts and be Cruise. on the sideline. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't Tom Cruise. I think, you know, people are going to be really disappointed when they find out it's really just Edward Norton. But here's, here's the thing, Bill. You can get signs multiple ways. People have been taking signals. It's not stealing signals. If I can see it on the wide film that we have to trade when we trade the wide and tight film with each other, I could take it then, send in somebody to the game. If it all – I mean, Auburn picked up Mississippi State signals, allegedly, this past game. I mean, if it ends to me having your signals – Regardless of how I got them, if it's open and in plain sight, it's not stealing. It's not, TCU used it against them. If the case was that it was so egregious that somebody else had so many signals, then how could anybody ever recover from one coach going from one place to another and that place playing the place that he previously was at? I didn't see people have the same energy when a, a coach, a buddy of mine, was caught by CBS in the booth for Bama. He had coached at Ole Miss telling the Alabama defense what the signals were that Ole Miss was using because he was there and they used the same ones. you got to change them. You're either evolving or you're dissolving. This is so overblown. Do you think Harbaugh is in any jeopardy from the NCAA or Michigan? Uh, you already had the, no. you know, the three-game suspension deal earlier this year for, uh, for recruiting violations. Now there's this. Michigan is a school that's always sort of touted itself as being – the, oh, they're the, above the all that. standard, yes. the yeah. gold standard as far as how things are done uh, for, for a college athletics program. I wonder if uh, if if this could uh, this could cause some stress uh, inside that program about whether or not huh. to. Uh, I mean, there's there's reports about a, a contract offer that's been uh, rescinded uh, since uh, since this has all come out. So I, I do wonder I do wonder what it's like internally uh, for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Well, look, I, I, you know, I'm a realist. I'm going to tell you what I, what I actually think. I think it depends on, you know, a lot of it is how the rest of this year goes. I mean, if Michigan goes on to win the national championship, I don't think Michigan's going to say – I think they'll tell the NCAA to shove it. If all of a sudden Michigan falls off a cliff and loses a couple games and loses to Ohio State, 
who knows what will happen because they'll give in to whatever, you know, if, they're tr- if they truly feel backed up against the wall or, or they're not getting the results they want, they'll find a way. So, look, I just think it depends on how the year ends. But I just – I think this is, is the NCAA – not liking Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh's mocked them mercilessly over the years. I mean, you talked about his suspension. Yeah, the one where he used he was handing out flyers of his other coaches being the interim head coach, and then he brought his dad back to be the head coach and use it as like a positive PR thing. I'm just telling you, this seems petty to me. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the Tuesday edition of the drive bill yeah let's talk about something we haven't talked about in a while and that's an auburn win and one that was uh, one that was fun for the fans to watch because there was some offense i tell you what but feels good man feels good uh i'll say this you know we talked about it last week that when you look at the roster and the the way it's put together auburn there's a lot more competitive you know balance out there with, with the players not that auburn doesn't have any really good players they just don't have enough of them right now to be able to have a true even playing field with, 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 you know, the Alabamas and the Georgias and the top of the top right now. So it, it was good to see Auburn look loose. They looked a lot freer. They looked like they felt they had the better team. Peyton Thorne finally looked like the Peyton Thorne that we thought we might see. Uh, I, I thought they were making plays on the outside. I mean, Hooks made a play. It was everything was working. Everything was in concert. Auburn controlled the game. Defense got the stops when they needed them. It was a complete team win. And, and look, it's the first of many for Hugh Freeze. But, you know, you look at the rest of the year now, you go to Vanderbilt, and it, just win. Just win it. I don't care if you care, just win the game. Uh, then you have a chance. Uh, to, to be, you know, at Arkansas, I don't think is a, a, you know, crazy, unwinnable game right now. So who knows? No, Arkansas's, Arkansas's in Gainesville this week as they try to snap that awful skid that they're in where they, they play well enough to lose close. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, or badly enough I to tell lose you, it's close, been, whatever. It's been, it's been weird. It's been weird seeing Sam Pittman not work out at Arkansas. I mean, especially you felt like after they beat Texas, they all had all this momentum. It was a perfect fit. But, I mean, you that loss to Mississippi State at home, and not saying that Pittman's going to be gone this year because the buyout drops. I know they fired the offensive coordinator. But, I mean, if you're Arkansas, you got, what, six straight losses uh, go, looking at seven? Mm-hmm. And, and you're looking at next season without – KJ Jefferson has been up and down this year, and you probably not yeah. getting, probably not getting Rocket Sanders back either, uh, who's got to be thinking about uh, a professional career or, or maybe or maybe the portal and having a big season somewhere else. But yeah, it, it does feel like things are trending in the wrong direction right now for Arkansas. Speaking of next season, you know, getting back to Auburn briefly, Jake, because you know what what I was thinking for these last couple of games is regardless of the win loss record, you'd love to see, especially on offense, a player or two really assert themselves as part of the plan for next year you know I thought that Mississippi State was a step in the right direction there you know with with Peyton Thorne playing his best game in an Auburn uniform and a couple of receivers really uh you know really really playing well is there anyone you've got your eye on as this is somebody who could have a big finish to the year for Auburn well the way I look at it is I hope it's Peyton Thorne because if Peyton Thorne's having a big finish then the wide receivers are all making plays so I, I obviously you know, and, and it's a good situation right now for Peyton coming off a, a game in which he should have a lot of confidence from. Mm-hmm. Auburn was able to really move the ball how they wanted to. He looked in rhythm. He looked on time. He stood in the pocket. He was able to create outside the pocket. Now, you know, one of his biggest bugaboos has been going on the road, right? You go to Vanderbilt now in an atmosphere 
that is about as light as you're going to get in the Southeastern Conference. It's kind of that perfect scenario for him to go on the road and maybe have that same success and keep building up confidence uh, to be able to go to Arkansas and have a chance and then to be able to obviously you know, play against Alabama at home and have a ton of confidence there. But it has to be Peyton Thorne because if he's clicking, that means the guys on the outside are clicking, and, and that's what Auburn needs going into next year. Got to get your thoughts on uh, a couple of games this week. All right, Ole Miss is a one-loss team. They've got A&M this week, and then they're in Athens next week. This is this is must. This is it for Ole Miss. I mean, Dan was uh, uh, mentioning a while ago that you know if, if LSU were to beat Alabama, you could have three one-loss teams. Well, it's a pretty big challenge for Ole Miss the next couple of weeks. No, without a doubt. I mean, if you're Ole Miss and you want to stay in the hunt, which is kind of the you know the last hump for Lane Kiffin to get over, we've seen them put uh, good years together, have a lot of success, get a lot of PR, but you know they haven't won the division. They haven't kind of had that year to vault them into relevancy when it comes to the postseason and being looked at as a team that is legitimate. The scary thing about A and M is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on A and M, but it seems like A&M is going to come into this game, as crazy as it sounds, with Jimbo and, and that circus up there, with less pressure on them to win than Ole Miss has. And A&M's got a good enough roster where I know Ole Miss's defense has improved, but if it's clicking on offense, they can really put some points together. I know it's looked really, really hard, but if anybody has the personnel to be able to, to put it together for four quarters, which we've seen a couple times this year, it's A&M. But when I look at Ole Miss, uh, Jackson Dart has done such a good job of, of learning from last year where it seemed like he would turn the ball over in the intermediate passing game at least once a game or twice a game, and it would be catastrophic. Now when he's, when he's running, he's not putting the ball in harm's way as much. And if he is, it's down the field. A lot of it's been on third down, so it's basically been a punt. I love the over in this game at 53-and-a-half. I think we're going to see some points from both sides. And then I mentioned uh, LSU Alabama. I mean, that's that's a really, uh, really intriguing if game. If you're only going to watch like three or four college football games this season, I feel like Saturday night's game between Alabama and LSU is one of the. I mean, this is this is this is close to yeah. cut miss. Yeah, well, I mean, this is this has turned into one of the the best matchups that we have in in this game. And uh, even though we're losing divisions in the SEC, and, and LSU and Alabama won't technically be in the, you know, I guess they will technically be in the same division, but it's only one division. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how that boat floats. But look, it, the athletes that are running around on this field, uh, that's what makes it. But what I find fascinating, and and everybody's talking about LSU's offense versus Alabama's defense, and they should. That strength versus strength. It's, it's two things. One, can LSU hold Alabama to field goals in the red zone? Because if they can do that, I think this offense is good enough. I think it's the best offense in the country to be able to keep them in the game because if you're able to score a touchdown, that's basically eating two field goal trips away from Bama because seven's more than six. And then on the Alabama side, are you going to get four consistent quarters from the Alabama offense? I mean, that's what we haven't seen. That's why they're considered the weakness because, you know, they're an on-off switch. Tennessee's a great example last week. First half, look at like, they can't figure it out. They don't know what they're going to do. Tennessee's suffocating them. Second half, they look incredible. Uh, against A&M in the past game, they look incredible. It's just been a roller coaster on offense, and you get that with a young quarterback. Uh, but, but LSU's had a habit of making offenses looking really con- look really consistent this year. They're going to be beat up coming into this game, man. So uh, I'm looking at weakness versus weakness here. Yeah, it's five straight conference games for LSU with at least 34 points on the board. I mean, this offense has been – sensational You're incredible Dan and yeah I do I, I think that's a for, for Alabama struggled in the past granted the Texas game felt like it was a while ago now but you know that that's 
I, I really want to see what kind of game Daniel, especially early, like what, what kind of start he gets off to. Look, I mean, I, I just – I look at – LSU's strength, you know, is, is their versatility. Like, they've got everything, right? The, the offensive line is very high quality. They returned four or five starters, including two NFL tackles uh, from last year to this year. You have a quarterback that really can beat you from the pocket, one of the fastest guys outside of the pocket, one of the best creators outside of the pocket, even though I wish he'd stop taking hits. And he, he, he rolls out and scrambles with his eyes downfield. You have multiple receivers, Brian Thomas Jr., uh, obviously Malik Neighbors. You have a tight end in Mason Taylor. You're deep in the running back room. LSU's got everything on offense. They can go fast tempo. They can go slow tempo. They're good in the red zone. They can run it when they need to run it. They can pitch backwards when they need to pitch backwards. So I don't think you stop LSU. I, I think you contain LSU. And, and, again, same thing I said about LSU. LSU's defense in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama holding LSU to field goals is a win. No, no question. And before we let you go, I mean, CFP rankings coming up just a little while from now. Um, h- how do you see them first night? Man, look, I uh, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play. Georgia's got some work to do with an SEC championship game. Alabama or LSU both obviously have work to do with an SEC championship game. The Big 12's cannibalizing itself. The Pac-12, USC still, our Oregon still got to play USC. Washington still got to play USC. We have to have a Pac-12 championship game. The the only team I feel really really good about penciling in right now is Florida State, but uh, they could probably put Ohio State one with, with the resume. I, I could argue that. Um, but it's not going to matter because these teams all have to play each other. So it's fun to talk about, uh, but, but there's going to be a lot of movement. So I'm not going to overreact like about 90% of people. on this uh, That's a good loaded, idea. Loaded weekend on the slate, uh, Jake. Is, is, there, is there a ranked team that you think is on real upset alert this weekend? Because I think there's, there's a couple of really tantalizing ones on the, uh, on the schedule. Yeah, well, I mean, Oklahoma better watch out going to Stillwater right now. I, I don't know who wants to play those guys with what Ollie Gordon's doing out that way, and, and they're going to be confident. They're running the ball well. Um, look, I think Notre Dame may be in some trouble. Everybody's talking, you know, doubting Clemson, and, and I get it, right? Dabo's out there just seems like he says something crazy each week. But I don't think this Notre Dame team is explosive enough on offense to just run away from Clemson and hide like they've done in some other games. I watched Louisville punk them up front. Clemson's got a lot of pride, and also, I mean, look at Kansas State and Texas, right? Um, you know, Malik Murphy, we'll see, had a good showing uh, the other day, but, you know, it's, this is going to be kind of a little bit of a different animal. Outside of that, I, I don't see Missouri giving Georgia a run. I, I just think Georgia's playing too confident right now, and they're too mature as a team, even with the new pieces they have. Oregon's going to destroy Cal. Iowa State maybe over Kansas. That's one to look at, yeah. uh, and and I think USC is going to get beat. So uh, that's that's where I'll put it. Yeah, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on with USC and that and that thing. I think they've got the firepower to. Beat, I think they got the firepower to beat well, Washington. I also don't. Man, I, I you know, know what's going on? It's the same thing that happens every year with Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch. That's what's going on. It's the exact same uh, thing. If you have really bad blood sugar and you're just shoving Reese's and Snickers down your throat all the time, don't be shocked. If you keep having bad results when it comes down to health, like this, is the same we got, thing. No, we got we got friends. That's, we got friends at the Hershey Company. I got to correct you. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's Reese's. People say Reese's. Oh, excuse People me, Reese's. excuse Reese's. me, yeah, Dad. Sorry, Mister Perfect. It's Reese's, right? Hey, that's Reese's pieces. That, that's that, that's a great that's a great thought as we uh, wrap things up here on Halloween, man. It, outstanding <laughs> stuff, Jake. Yeah, it should be another great weekend. Let everybody know how they can keep up with everything you're doing. Yeah, uh, really easy. If, if you watch your sports show, just go to YouTube. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. If you listen, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff spelled the same. We're live each weekday morning, 
6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. Uh, it stays on there forever, though. We have live calls, live chat. Always talking a lot of Auburn. Loved Hugh Freeze's answer the other day in the press conference, by the way. But uh, have a ha- uh, happy Halloween. And, Bill, man, make sure those landmines are turned off. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. See if I can get home in time, Jake. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. All right. See you, Jake. See you. Need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. This is Zach Alsterbrook with all.